The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, Dr. Suzanne Crow is back with me in studio, consulted in paediatric intensive care at Crumlin Children's Hospital. Uh, Suzanne, good to see you again. Thanks, uh, we've had warnings issued by the HSE about the uh, prevalence of measles in the community, very high rates of measles in Europe and in the UK. Uh, is it already happening here or is it a fear that it is going to come here? There's no reported cases since okay. the start of 2024, but I think there's no doubt it's in Ireland. So can I ask, and forgive my uh, naivety, uh, but I've never really had to think about it because the kids are vaccinated. What is measles? It's a viral infection. And I think what makes it unusual is, firstly, we almost had it eradicated. Um, so we've all forgotten what it was like. Yeah. And it's incredibly infectious. It's much, much more infectious than COVID. So if you put one person with an infection into a room of 10 people, nine people will leave the room with infection. Having breathed in the same air. Correct. Okay. And how does it manifest? What are the symptoms of it? And what effect does it have on people? The high temperature is particularly startling. And that when I have seen it before, I saw it in 2000 uh, in some children then. And the high temperature is startling. And then the rash appears. And it's an unusual rash. It's kind of spreading across the skin, particularly across your chest and your shoulders. Okay. And are there particular age groups that is more dangerous? Young contact? babies is, okay. is the particular worry. And, and that's why I don't think there's re- reason to panic at the moment. Mm. And I, I'm a little bit nervous about these warnings. I wouldn't like parents to panic about this. It just should be on your to-do list this week. Can you get it twice? You can get it twice if, you're, if your immunity drops. And that's the concern is we've got lots of older adults in our community who are on chemotherapy or other medications that change your immune system. And mm. they are now vulnerable too. So uh, at the moment, the vaccines work out. You get the baby gets it at what age? 12 months. At 12 months. And is that a full vaccination or do you need a booster then? For complete vaccination, you, re- you should have a second dose when they're in junior infants. Okay. And it's, it's offered routinely at that age. And do all jurisdictions or most jurisdictions, certainly in Europe, have the same system. Yes, we do. Yeah. Because I don't think I had it. I was born in the UK and I'm not sure it was par for the course. I had mumps when I was a kid. Didn't uh, have there's probably been a good few changes to the schedule since you were What are you trying to say, Suzanne? What are you trying to say? Just come out and say it. I'm trying to be diplomatic. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, by now, 40 years down the line, a little more than 40 years down the line, uh, all countries on the same system. Because I, I was... Um, reading some comments from Ilona Duffy, the GP in Monaghan, who, who we would often talk to on this show. And um, one of the issues she brought up was kind of new arrivals in this country from other jurisdictions, now, not necessarily in Europe, she was mm. talking about, where there wouldn't be kind of coherent vaccination strategies for children. And that that's part of the reason you'd see a little dip. Particularly outside the EU, that's, yeah. that's true. And also, I think people coming from Eastern Europe traditionally have higher vaccine hesitancy. And a lot of that has gone to... For, to to the regime that a lot of people grew up under. They had a natural suspicion of state bodies and now they are parents in our country and uh, it's natural that they are more you know, suspicious mm. about things that are in somewhat, it, feel like, it feels like they're imposed on them. So this isn't the first time we've seen kind of dips in, in terms of the take up of the vaccine. Um, there was these kind of 
absolutely spurious links made to autism a number of years ago and in, and in other parts of the world as well there was dips in vaccine take up how did things get back on the right trajectory was it just kind of campaigns of awareness is that generally what works yeah education 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 is how you do it but you've got to do it in so many different forms and make it palatable and easy for people even simple things like um you know a television program um can have a really powerful effect if something like that is woven into the story i do think Parents in their 20s and 30s are less aware of that uh, connection that was erroneously made to autism. And I think the vaccine hesitancy we're seeing now is much more related to an overall suspicion of state bodies. Yeah, I wonder to a degree, the people who might cite the link to autism, which doesn't exist, <laughs> we can't stress that enough, but it might, uh, uh, they strike me as people who are kind of going out of their way maybe to find a reason not to, Yeah, that, you know what I mean? That they, We might kind of generously describe them as being already in the anti-vax camp. Yeah, but I think people have genuine concerns and it's not our job to judge them. Like we just yeah. have to educate and reassure, educate and reassure. Do you suspect that the MMR has anyway fallen victim to kind of a a post-COVID anti-vax sentiment that might exist. Yes, but the rates were falling even before COVID. Were they? Ah, they were. Yeah, they definitely were. And I think that's more related to the complacency of just not seeing these illnesses. But in the last 10 years in Crumlin, certainly, and in all the children's hospitals in Europe, we've seen whooping cough back, we've seen mumps. So the falling vaccine rates were becoming a problem even before COVID. Okay, and what is the protocol then in Crumlin, given the infectious nature of measles, if you suspect you have a case? You really should ring in advance. Um, If you think your child has got the symptoms of measles, it's a bit like what we were doing with COVID, which is you should telephone your GP practice or telephone the ED department in advance before you come so that staff can make really sensible provisions for what is a very infectious disease. OK, it, it's a difficult one, though. Is it? I mean, it, as you say, it might manifest initially just as a high temperature. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And children are infectious during that period when they have the high temperature, but the rash has they're appeared. all getting high temperatures at this time of year. Yeah, We've indeed. We've been about since Christmas. Yeah, and that's the worry is that one child with an infection is going to slip through that net yeah. and be in a hospital then full of people who are already sick. Yeah, or even in, in a school or somewhere else, they're mm. kind of given that Calpol and Nurofen and on you go, it's only a temperature. I know it's bad advice. <laughs> like, I mean, let's, let's not we pretend do it doesn't it. happen. No, exactly. Do um, somebody here has a, a, a good question. Uh, I have a 13 year old. This is not measles or MMR related, but I have a 13 year old who's refusing booster vaccines and the HPV. I believe the hesitation has come from misinformation. Read the COVID vaccine on YouTube and people he watches on YouTube. No, absolutely. And you just find that misinformation just seems to gain more traction. And maybe, you know, as healthcare professionals, we don't do as good a job in in, in embracing media like YouTube. I mean, you know, I should be out there making videos on YouTube, perhaps, but I don't really have the time. But that is a thing that I suppose we've got to grapple by diluting out this misinformation. We've got to put out correct and positive information. Yeah. And you wonder as well, I mean, Again, I do want to kind of keep harping on about it, but that experience of the the, the autism uh, link, non-link made several years ago. Um, I mean, 
that would find much more fertile ground were it happening today, wouldn't it? Because of the internet. I mean, that was kind of pre-internet days almost that that began to spread. Certainly pre-social mm. media. Yeah. You can imagine how wild that would spread. No, it would be a virus in itself. Yeah, yeah it would be. Um, well, listen, great advice as always, Suzanne. Uh, so thanks a million uh, for joining us. Dr. Suzanne Crow, who's a consultant in paediatric intensive care at Crumlin Children's Hospital. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.